This is Beth Richardson from Spots Gelato, and this is the Eat Kentucky Podcast. Welcome back to the Eat Kentucky Podcast, where we celebrate Kentucky, its food, and its culture. This is your host, Alan Cornett. I appreciate your patience as the podcast has been on a little bit of a hiatus that is largely due to coronavirus lockdowns. My strong preference for the podcast is to do in-person interviews, which the lockdowns in March made impossible. My last in-person interview was with Chef Sarah Bradley for episode 12, which happened literally a couple of days before the lockdowns started. Was glad to be able to do a series of long-distance interviews during March and April, mostly with people who live away from Kentucky. I would not have had an opportunity to interview those people in person anyway. I eventually wanted to get back to in-person interviews, though, and that led to a bit of a break during June. Certainly a lot has happened since the lockdown started, and we know some restaurants will never open back up. At the time of this recording, Lexington Southland Save-A-Lot Deli is closing, which means an end to what many have held up as Lexington's best fried chicken, a holdover from the old Sloan's Deli of years gone by. The barn at the summit at Fritz Farm in Lexington has closed as a food court. It's going to become a furniture store. Thankfully, we are back with the first in-person interview since March, and we are celebrating National Ice Cream Month in July. I was able to travel to Versailles to speak with Beth Richardson of Spots Gelato. Spots started as a food truck, but blossomed into brick-and-mortar locations now in three central Kentucky towns, plus a semi-permanent food truck location in Lexington. Beth and I discussed the early beginnings of Spots, how a group of singers helped her get her flavors just right, why a small historic Kentucky town is just the right fit for Spots, and the Central American Spots location you're going to want to find and visit. Plus, just what is the difference between ice cream and gelato anyway? Meanwhile, take a moment to subscribe to the Eat Kentucky podcast and to leave a five-star rating. Also, you can help support Eat Kentucky by visiting patreon.com slash eatkentucky. Now join me as I talk with Beth Richardson of Spots Gelato. Welcome to Eat Kentucky. Well, thanks for having me. I can't wait. This is oh. going to be so fun. <laughs> well, I hope so. Uh, I mean, you're having me here. I'm in, I'm in lovely downtown Versailles. Versailles is one of my favorite towns. Isn't it great? It is great. I lived here 25 years ago. I hate to say wow. how long ago that was. But uh, over here on Morgan Street, we, uh, my wife and I rented a... Uh, one store, well, the bottom floor apartment in a historic house over there. Um, we didn't have air conditioning, but we did have, you know, like 12 feet ceiling, so it was, that was kind of fun. But, uh, so we lived over here before we had kids, before any of that, and it, we loved Versailles. Um, and maybe one of these days I'll get back, but I don't blame anybody for spending as much time in Versailles as they can do. It's a charming town. It is. And we did not have ice cream then. No. 
Uh-uh. <laughs> no, um, when we opened here, um, they didn't have any ice cream at all. And so that this was our first shop, so that was one of the reasons we thought this was a great location. Mm-hmm. We also... Um, we also thought Court Street, where we're located, was going to be kind of the up-and-coming area here in Versailles, and it turns out we, we guessed right. You did. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're tucked back in here, mm-hmm. sort of beside the courthouse, back by the old historic church. Right. Back here, everybody who knows Versailles knows the church. Yeah, yeah. The church so right the, I'm actually in a building that used to be the church offices. Oh, okay. So the church complex was three buildings and um, the church itself, and then a building that was the fellowship hall, and then the office building. And the office building where we are is the oldest one. It was built in the early 18-teens, the front part of the building. And uh, so now those three buildings, the church itself is a event space. They have weddings and parties and things. It's called the gallery. And then the, the old fellowship hall building the main floor is rolling oven pizza Mm -hmm. and then there's offices upstairs in that building and then in our building we've got us and we've got offices upstairs so completely multi-use but the place to be on the street you know you've got the amsden over there opposite so Mm -hmm. a lot of people are probably familiar with it Mm -hmm. it's pretty well known and the amsden bar also a great bourbon bar right one of the one of the top bourbon bars, I think, in the country. It's ranked uh, on the on the big list they do every year. So, uh, and of course, spots. Yeah, right here. yeah. You have a little bourbon, have some pizza, have something sweet. Sure, you, you know. have you have bourbon ice cream. We do. Yeah, yeah, we do. Well, yeah, I mean, got to. Why wouldn't we? Right. <laughs> exactly. Well, you seem to like small towns, small Kentucky towns. I do. For your locations. Well, so um, I was born and raised in Louisville, but I um, I went to college at EKU. Mm-hmm. Fell in love with Richmond as a small town. Um, I just, I loved being there. It was just a charming place. And um, not only do I like small towns, but I like historic towns. And you're, you're speaking my language here. Well, you know, over the years, I have bought and sold and flipped, I don't know how many historic houses. We were flipping houses before they were doing it on yeah. HGTV. Right. <laughs> you see, you should have gotten that show before, uh, before they snagged it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, over the years, I've learned lots of things about old buildings and, and um, developed even more appreciation for them. And so when we started thinking in the back of our mind that maybe we wanted to open shops here in in Kentucky then you know where small towns are more cozy for lack of a better word um, it's very family oriented and we felt we we look at towns where we feel like the downtown is experiencing a resurgence right. and so in these small towns I get all the things I'm into, you know. Yeah. I get to be in a historic building. We get to piddle and do a little work on, the, <laughs> on our spots, you yeah. know. And um, it just is a great, great way for us to become part of a community. Mm-hmm. We get to meet our customers. We get to learn what, um, you know, a kid loses their first tooth. They come to spots to celebrate. Sure. And then the next time they come in, we get to see that tooth is growing <laughs> in, you know. Right. That's the best part about this job, mm-hmm. you know, is getting to know the people that are actually buying from us and eating my stuff. 
And it still is shocking that people buy the stuff that I make. Yeah, you know, that's that, great. It's great. It? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it really, and, and that's, that's just a great part about what we do. So you've got this location, and you have one in Georgetown we as do. well, in, mm -hmm. in, in downtown Georgetown, and you are getting ready to open in Shelbyville. Right. We open next week. And that store, again, is right on Main Street. It's in a historic building. It's in a building that was a barbershop for oh, nice. decades uh -huh. and decades. And it's my understanding that when it was a barbershop, they took pictures of every single client and the walls were covered oh, with, wow. with the picture. So isn't that a great yeah, story? That's yeah, that's fun. So you've, you've found your, you found your spot there. In, in right. Georgia. That's getting back a little bit towards your, your native Louisville. Right, too. right. Louisville, I've been in Central Kentucky since 1993. Mm -hmm. I kind of went to college and then I never went back home. And um, so Louisville's still home, even though I've been around the Lexington area for a much longer period yeah. of time. So it feels good to me to be going closer to home. Yeah. And and there's there's a lot of these cute little towns, you know, oh, sure. right around there's Louisville. No, we've got, well, right, and we've got no shortage of them around mm -hmm. here. So you, you have a shop in Lexington, mm -hmm. which I saw uh, in the paper. I, well, I saw it online, but it was what used to be the paper, <laughs> that it is closing. Right. So we opened in downtown Lexington, just right across from Saul Good, mm -hmm. close to Triangle Park. We opened last fall. Right. And um, I love that location, too. But it's very event and right. tourism driven. And so due to the virus and everything that's happened this spring, Though my people are not coming downtown. Sure, right. um, nobody's going downtown. Right, the events are canceled indefinitely. You know, um, we got a lot of traffic from Rupp Arena, from the Opera House, the Children's Theater. Those events are not happening. Right. And then also, a lot of the conventions, most all of them have sure. canceled, a few have rebooked. But it's going to be a long time right. till I mean, maybe a year mm -hmm. before things get back. And so we really had to look at: Did it make sense to us to hang on to that space as much as we loved it until our core group of, of customers came back? And for us, it didn't make sense. Right. And so we we originally started with food trucks um, mm -hmm. about eight years ago, and that's still kind of my roots. You know, I, I, once we started considering closing the downtown Lexington spot, I thought, well, what can we do to reach people during this unusual, crazy time? And the first thing I thought is our trucks. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have a built-in resource that people love anyway. Sure. So we made arrangements to have a semi-permanent spot mm -hmm. for one of our trucks in the warehouse block. Okay. And we'll be set up there on weekends. Um, it's in the gravel lot that's right next to Mirror Twin and Rolling Oven, you yeah. know, because they make such right. great neighbors. <laughs> and um, we'll have a spots truck there every weekend, and it's we're calling it a spots spot gotcha of course well and that's also <laughs> close to la petite delicate where i they, they've been kind enough to let me record some of my eat kentucky episodes there so ah. i'm friends with the folks 
at, at that spot as well. So you've it's got such good a, neighbors. It's a cool neighborhood. It is. You know, and, and it's neighborhood driven. Right. You know, which which is what we need. Mm-hmm. And um, so, how many uh, how many food trucks do you have now? Or you have well. My recollection is you have a trailer, like a pull-behind trailer. Yeah, so we have three of those Mm -hmm. that are currently operating and on the road. There's one that is halfway done. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, depending on what happens at the end of the year, we may, if we're allowed to have outdoor events at the end of the year, we may be double booked some of our weekends and I may need that fourth truck. Mm-hmm. So it's under construction wow. so now. so you're gonna have a whole fleet yes. going there. Well, in addition to the trucks, we also have um, uh, other mobile equipment. So we have a bike mm-hmm. that can go indoors or out. It's the cutest thing. Yeah, I think I've seen it. Yeah, it really, it's so cute. Um, we also have a wagon, which is also really cute. Both of those pieces can go either indoors or out but they take up, a, it's a smaller footprint right. than a big truck at an event. So a lot of people like those, you know, even for outdoor events. And then we also have two indoor mini bars. And so that's a cute little bar in the front mm-hmm. and we scoop the ice cream out of the, out of the freezer in the back. So um, no matter if you're indoors or out or what, you know, if you're having a fun event or a more formal kind of event, we've got some piece of equipment that we can right. send that will fit. And, and there's no mistaking or missing your food trucks. They're pretty easily identifiable. Well, that in the stores, <laughs> yeah. So that's how we started. You know, it was kind of a crazy idea. Um, my husband and I were both working real corporate jobs and we were successful and had been at these jobs for a number of years. And um, I, you know, life is crazy, Alan, you know? (laughs) Sometimes I wonder how in the world did I end up here? But we had a a hobby farm. Mm -hmm. We were doing a CSA, we were growing vegetables, we were feeding Mm -hmm. as many as as 30 families each week out of our farm CSA. And, but I couldn't grow everything to feed all these families. So I had this network of local farmers that were growing other things for me to put in these CSA boxes, Mm -hmm. okay? So that was my first network of farmers came from our CSA program. And at the same time, we were traveling a lot in the winter and we kept going back to this one town that had this great ice cream store. And after dinner every night, we would wander down the street to this ice cream store and for some reason, it just tasted different. It was so much better. And I thought it was just because we were on vacation. Right, you know? yeah, everything's better on vacation. Right. Oh, absolutely. So ask the owner, you know, what, why is this so much better? You know, by this time we had formed a relationship because you're going every night after dinner, you know. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, it's not ice cream, it's gelato. And I said, well, what in the world is that? And so he explained that it was made every day out of local ingredients. And I thought, well, when I go home, I'm just gonna try and whip some of this up in my kitchen. That's kind of how Spot started. You know, I went home, I was making things, I was taking it to, potlucks and family events and um, one too many people said you should sell this and here we are so we my husband and I thought well we'll just start well he wanted to tinker build a truck mm-hmm. and we'll just do this on weekends we'll just go around and pedal our gelato and see if anybody buys it and this will just be a fun thing and here we are eight, eight years later 
and have so, seven mobile units in all these stores. And so, did you, know, you imagine that this is where you would be? Lord no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just thought this would just be something fun to do on weekends, and it, it has grown far beyond you, you our. You didn't roster. imagine a gelato empire in, no. in Central Kentucky. No, I mean, who would, <laughs> right? Might. What a crazy thing. So, so let's back up to gelato versus ice cream. Okay. So you're you're using local ingredients but there's more to it than that right so the to simplify it the main difference between gelato and american ice cream is gelato is an italian ice cream and the ratio of milk and cream is different in gelato than it is american ice cream and so gelato has less fat so it's got more milk and less cream mm -hmm. where american ice cream has more cream and less milk gotcha the second thing is it's made in a machine that spins at a slower speed. So less air is whipped into the product. So it's denser. It's more dense and it's going to taste, to people that haven't had gelato before, I say it's going to taste like homemade ice cream mm -hmm. out of that churn in your backyard. Right. It's very similar to that kind of density and, and texture. But that's got to be done on a small batch level. Right. So we, somewhere along the way, when we wanted to add our second truck, um, when we first started, we were making gelato on our truck. Oh, we wow. had a, I know, it was crazy. <laughs> you know, the story just gets crazier yeah. as it goes on. But we would go to events. It and seemed if we like would, a good idea at the time. It, absolutely. <laughs> we'd go to events and we'd start to run out of stuff because we had no idea that all these people were going to come and buy our stuff. And then we have to fire up the machine and and make more while we're at an event you know yeah it was a little crazy that first year so when we decided to add the second truck we had we we had a choice we could either add another gelato machine to that second truck or we could build a commercial kitchen and make everything in a commercial kitchen we're fortunate that we live on a farm right so you've got the land to do it right so we built a kitchen exactly like what we needed mm -hmm. and to this day that's where everything is produced is so. there on the farm and then we just deliver to the stores. So where are you sourcing your ingredients now? Well it depends. I still use local farmers um, and some are that are those same people that we used even back in our CSA days. Um, our milk even comes from Kentucky cows. They are not my cows. Right. <laughs> but um, you, you've You've the, got a lot of places to run. Yeah. The milkman comes every week and mm -hmm. brings us our milk, yeah. you know. Um, and so we we feel fortunate to be able to support Kentucky farmers in that way. Yeah. You know? And it's very important. So you, I guess you're all the time experimenting with with new yeah. new ingredients mm -hmm. and, doing, and doing what you can seasonally. Right. We... Um, so uh, here's an example. Blackberries are going to come in here shortly, usually around the 4th of July. Mm -hmm. When they come in, we buy as many blackberries from our farmer as he can spare and as many as we think we are going to need to get through this time next year. We process all those pounds of blackberries at one time. It's kind of all hands on deck. Everybody mm -hmm. comes to the kitchen. We all get them processed. And, um, and our blackberries, by the way, have no seeds. So we're getting rid of the seed, you know. It's quite a thing. Anyway, we make sure we try and buy enough to last us until this time next year, which is sometimes hard to figure, sure. you know. 
And then we go on and puree it, we freeze it, and we keep that fresh product mm -hmm. so we can use it throughout the year. Every time a, uh, an ingredient comes in like that, um, comes into season, we try to make, um, try to gather as much as we can to try and last us through sure, the next year. Sure. Yeah. So do you, what, what new flavors have, have you all been working on? Well, so in our stores, we have 10 flavors in the case. Okay. Out of those 10, six pretty much stay the same all the time. Mm -hmm. People would, would throw a fit if sure. they disappeared. You've got, so, you've got your flagship flavor. Right. Um, we almost always have cookies and cream, chocolate, mint chocolate chip, vanilla, and banana pudding. Mm. Those are our five gelatos, and then the sixth is strawberry sorbet. Those are almost always in the case. But that gives me four flavors that I can play with. Mm -hmm. So we usually have something peanut butter, um, whether it's just normal peanut butter or fluffer nutter or nutter butter or you know a mixture of peanut butter. People love their peanut oh, butter. Sure. And you know what's funny is peanut. We have plain peanut butter and we have fluffer nutter, which which is just our plain peanut butter with some marshmallows in it. Mm -hmm. But People are team fluffernutter <laughs> or their team <laughs> peanut butter. Yeah, oh, absolutely, and they cannot wait until so you know the their comes flavor back. comes right. back. Yeah, so it's really interesting to watch what people. Want. <laughs> and so um, we we try to rotate those other flavors. So one of the ones that we used just recently, because strawberry hadn't been too long since strawberries were really in, we did a strawberry shortcake which was fabulous. Mm -hmm. You know, it had the pieces of the shortcake and it, you know, and the swirl of the strawberry goo, you know, it just phenomenal. So it'll probably come back. We use these, um, these limited flavors to kind of test the water, see sure. if people like them. And if they do, then we bring it back. We recently did a moon pie dreams oh, flavor. Nice. Yeah, so I'm good. So moon pie. Uh-huh, so a lot of times, you know, it's just something that, that we see at the store or see from the, you know, what can we do with this? Wow, that sounds good, right. you know? And some of them are outstanding. Some of them are just okay, you <laughs> yeah, know? True. But the outstanding ones, you're bound to see them again, right. you know? Yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll hear about it. Well, it's mm -hmm. nice to have, you got a, a test kitchen going on all Yeah, the time. oh gosh, yeah, and that's so much fun. Yeah. You know, that's the creative part of that. Yeah, there are worse things that. you could do than experiment with ice cream, uh -huh. I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the creative part of this and what I really love, you mm -hmm. know, because all the recipes are mine. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, not being a classically che trained chef, I've probably come up with some more unusual things maybe than, you yeah, know. that's not a bad thing, I don't think. No, a, kind of a, a thinking outside the box thing. Sure, you know. absolutely. So, do you have, how involved are you with the ongoing making of the gelato? Do you have staff that's, that's doing that? Well, so, um, yeah, I make it. Um, and my husband also, Philip, um, well, he's a trooper. You know, he might have a hammer in one hand and, and a gelato pan in the other, you know, but... We, we are very, both of us are very hands-on with this business, very involved, you know, in all aspects of it. Because when we started, we had to be, right. you know. And so we are starting to become big enough that there are some things we're going to have to right. learn to delegate. But right now, we still make all the gelato ourselves, um. so, you know.
One of the great ways to eat Kentucky is to live in Kentucky. I can help you with that. I'm a realtor in the Lexington, Kentucky area with Keller Williams Bluegrass Realty. If you're looking to buy or sell a home, please contact me at alancornett at kw.com or eatkentucky at gmail.com. Now let's talk more about Kentucky, its food, and its culture. You and I have been Facebook friends for a while, and I, I recall a little while back that you were making excursions to Central America. Yes. And there was a spot. Uh, yeah, there, so, the, so there still me, is. So, so tell me about your, you, you've got, it's not just a, a bluegrass empire, but you've got like an international, <laughs> international <laughs> gelato cartel or yeah, something. Yeah, so I told you it was a crazy story, <laughs> right? So um, back in the beginning of this, when we were just doing food trucks, we were closed in the winter, you know, because our food truck season goes from about mid-April through mid-October, 28 weeks usually. During that 28 weeks, we may do 170 events. So we are oh, really, wow. really crazy during that 28 week period. But we used to be, before we had stores, we were completely closed in the winter. So we would travel, you know? And um, we would go to Central America and we started off going to Mexico. We liked it, but it got a little touristy, kept moving further south. Ended up going to Nicaragua and loved it and then just kept going back to Nicaragua and on one of our trips we we kept going back to this one little town this beach town in northern in the northern part of the country on the Pacific side kind of a fishing village with a lot of surfing great surfing and we kept going back to this town and it was full of um, Businesses, a lot of them were run by expats, Canadians primarily, a few Americans, some Europeans. Um, but we loved this little town. And it just so happened on one of our trips, there was a house that was for sale there in that town, and it had a huge front porch. So we decided to buy that house. And uh, since we were going there almost every winter anyway, this would be a place that, that we could, you know, we could go and enjoy with our family. And because it had a front porch and we were going to stay five months, why not put a gelato shop on the front porch? <laughs> sure. You know, that's a logical, Absolutely. A logical jump. That's, I think that's what anybody would do. <laughs> they bought a, bought a house in Nicaragua. So we, we flew a gelato machine down there, and um, then we tried to figure out how to make gelato there because it's... Are you able to do it like a carry-on with a gelato machine? Oh, gosh. <laughs> it, was, it was a big to-do. It actually flew on an airplane, and, you know, then it sat in customs, and, you know, it was a... It was, that's a story amongst itself. But once we got down there, it was, it's really interesting because it's a completely different way of life. Also, all of the ingredients are completely different. Yeah, I was going to ask. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, think obviously you're going to be sourcing locally. You're mm -hmm. not, you're not flying things from, right. from Woodford County or anything. Right. So our menu items are very different there. But here's an example. We learned to make avocado sorbet at the beach because there's a woman, a local woman, that walks down the street with a huge basket on her head selling avocados, and she'll ring your your gate bell and find out if you want any avocados today. We bought a bunch of avocados, and then I figured out what to do with them. Yeah. So that's it's 
in some ways it's very different there and in some ways it's exactly what we're doing here mm -hmm. you know I'm not I don't have a lady with avocados in a basket on her head but I've got farmers that are raising things that are in season right and then I figure out what to do with them sure you know sure. so so what so tell me tell me your your flavors in in the Nicaragua well shop. so it depends what's in season you know they have great uh, you can get pineapple almost all the time mm -hmm. um, but they have yellow pineapple and they have white pineapple so the yellow pineapple makes the best gelato <laughs> <laughs> um, they also have pitaya, which usually comes in um, right at the beginning of the winter season our winter is their tourist season mm -hmm. and so um, that shop you know is only open in the winter during the tourist season um, we also can get mangoes. Mangoes come in at the end of mm. the winter. Grapefruits running out of your ears, mm -hmm. you know, so many great things. And then you go to the grocery store and you see fruit that you've never yeah, you're not, seen what, before. What, what is this? Yeah, so, um, you know, that we, we, we have staff there. I would go to the grocery store or to the market and bring home stuff and I would say, what is this? Mm -hmm. And what would you do with this? You know, um, and it's interesting how resourceful the, the people are in Nicaragua. They make all kinds of things out of, they don't waste a thing, right? you know. Um, so it, it really, it's a great experience, mm -hmm. you know. We love to be. Have you brought any of those flavors back back to the US? Uh, yes, we've done um, we've done pineapple sorbets. Again, we've done our avocado sorbet here. Um, somehow the avocados don't taste exactly They're not quite the, the same. same. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, still good. Yeah, so. I'm sure. Now, I would I'm I'm game with almost any flavor at least to try it. So I'm <laughs> <laughs> bring, so bring it on. So you could do like a fluffernutter Avocado. Manny. <laughs> Manny is peanut butter. <laughs> I'm Melissa Hall from the Southern Foodways Alliance in Oxford, Mississippi, and this is the Eat Kentucky Podcast. I am in Versailles, Kentucky, talking to Beth Richardson at Spots Gelato. The first time that I think that 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 I recall meeting you, and you probably don't even remember this, but was at the Kentucky Proud Incredible Food Show back when mm -hmm. they used to have that, which they often bring back because I really liked the mm -hmm. Incredible Food Show. Um, but it was done through the Kentucky Proud program, obviously, and tied to the, the Department of Agriculture and so forth. Um, they had it down at Rupp Arena, the big convention center there, and it was massive. Mm -hmm. But you had your trailer, your spots trailer, pulled in. Uh -huh. So it was just, you were, you were there, uh, you know, it was it wasn't a small footprint. You had the whole thing, right? Which is a nice a nice feature there that right. you could actually do something like that. But I think my recollection is, and this was several years ago, it was before you had any brick and mortar store. Correct. I think you had a a Kentucky Proud flavor. Yeah. So we have a flavor called Kentucky Pride. Yeah, yeah. and it's it, really good. Oh yeah. So we still do that flavor. It's not white. No, it's not. As a matter of fact, it was just in Georgetown last week. Mm -hmm. um, but it's kind of our take on a derby pie, yeah. you know, um, pecans and um, bourbon, some chocolate, and sorghum. 
Yeah. Is, you kind of got to go slow with it. But you yeah, do. I'm, I'm a big sorghum fan, so that's probably what, it, what pulls it really, me in on that. It, it kind of ties the whole thing together. Mm -hmm. we, we really like it. But the thing about that flavor is um, everything other than the chocolate is sourced in Kentucky. Yeah, that's fantastic. Even the pecans. There's a fella out around Paducah that, that grows pecans, yeah. and he ships them over to me. Well, I, but I think it's, it's a great thing that we've, we've got local ingredients that go into gelato, mm -hmm. which is not a native Kentucky right. thing, but it's being served in all these small towns. Mm -hmm. And a lot, of, a lot of smaller towns don't have, or haven't traditionally had access right. to a place like this. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, in Lexington or Louisville, maybe even Frankfurt, not hard to find necessarily, but, but right. Georgetown, Versailles, Shelbyville, well, in that, to be honest, Alan, that um, when we first open in these towns, that's part of, it, of the education of the people in the town. You know, what's gelato? Uh, they they don't they don't know because mm -hmm. they've never seen a gelato shop. And so I say, it's ice cream. Taste it. See what you think. And then they love it. Oh, this is great. This is wonderful. You know, and become loyal customers. So can you buy, can you buy spots in stores? No. We used to wholesale. We were in all of the liquor barns around the state, and we also sold to restaurants, and then they would have our gelato on their menu. And um, it worked okay. Mm -hmm. But that really wasn't the direction that I wanted to go, um, especially once we started opening stores. Uh, it made more sense to, to us to sell the pints and things from the store right. than, than to continue to develop a well, wholesale business. I would business. think, too, once you, once you get um, these brick-and-mortar stores, that you've also got to be able to make enough gelato to, to supply right. everything. And, 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 you know, uh, that goes hand-in-hand hand with people ask us to collaborate with them on, you know, on things that they're making in their shops. And we, and we love to do that, but we have to be very choosy about what we agree to collaborate on because we don't want to exceed our production capacity. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I, we're producing like crazy to stock my stores and my right. trucks and well, my things, yeah, and you know. Well, yeah, and you're even adding additional, right. additional uh, trucks to your fleet mm -hmm. or trailers. So that's, I mean... You gotta, you gotta have gelato in all those. I know you can't, <laughs> you can't sell what you don't have, right? <laughs> right exactly. exactly. <laughs> so that's it. All starts there. It all starts with the recipes and the production, and um, that's the biggest part of the organization of this whole thing. You know, is to make sure we have product to put in the store. So do you know how what, how many gallons you produce a week? Right? No, <laughs> I don't even want to know. But I do know that our walk-ins are overflowing. Certain mm -hmm. times of the year are, are, are worse than others, mm -hmm. you know. There's so much gelato in there, you can't even find what you have, you know. Right. And it's a good problem to have. Oh, sure. You know. Sure. But eventually, I mean, I suppose as, as summer goes along, it's going to start, it's going to start pulling on. Yes. On, on your supply. So you try to use winter to sort of get ahead a little bit? Well, no. We, it, well, it depends. There are some flavors that, that hold over in the freezer well, mm -hmm. uh, you know, for, for a while. Right. Um, and then there are some that don't hold up 
well, you know, the quality is still good, but it's not as good as I want it to right. be. So you have to be careful which flavors you are making ahead and which, yeah. which you aren't. And that only comes from experience, sure, knowing, you, knowing what it's going to do once yeah. you've made, made it. After you know? a while, you taste it and go, this isn't, this isn't it. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, everybody wants it fresh. Right. right. So the, the first time uh, we met at the, at the Incredible Food Show, or at least that's the first time well, I've been there. Well, I don't know which year we met. We, yeah, had, we were there years twice. Ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, I mean, it was, well, what was that, five, six years ago mm -hmm. at least. Because um, they haven't had it in a few years. Right. But then the first time I heard about your gelato was when my wife oh, yeah. was singing with the Sweet Adeline uh -huh. group that you were with. Are, right. you still, are you still singing? No, I'm not. And so, yeah, so the Sweet Adelines play a part in this whole thing. So we would, we had rehearsal once a week. And um, for your listeners that don't know, Sweet Adelines are, are it's a barbershop group. Yeah, so like uh, fe female. Yeah, all females. And uh, we would meet once a week and have rehearsals. And uh, my minor in college was music, mm -hmm. vocal performance. So over the years, I've uh, I've loved whenever I've had enough free time to be involved with community theater or you know some sort of musical groups and whatever. So at that point, I was singing with Sweet Adlons, and at, that was the time where we were learning to make all this gelato. And I would take a gelato right, yeah. to the Sweet Adlons rehearsal, and boy, they were honest. This is a good one. <laughs> this is not a good one. Bring us some more next week. You know. We'll try. We'll try so it out. They were my guinea pigs, and yeah. that yeah, that's how I met yeah, your wife. Yeah, she would come back. She would come back and tell me, "Hey, well, I had this gelato. It's really good." And we were, you know, well, where's mine? <laughs> she didn't. I don't recall. You'd she have to brought, come sing. Right. She, I don't recall she ever brought any home. But but that was the first time that I heard about you and your gelato, mm -hmm. and that I, I guess. Was that just the very early stages? That was the very early stages when we were gonna build a truck, and because we started like the previous fall, mm -hmm. we bought a we bought our first trailer, and then worked worked through the winter on making our recipes good enough to sell and mass produce, and um, so during that winter, before the truck launched the following summer, was the time that I was taking taking this to yeah. the Sweet Adeline's rehearsal. And so once this took off, I don't think I don't dairy is supposed to be good for your vocal cords. No, but you know, I don't think they care. <laughs> uh, none of us care, you know. We were there to have a right. big time. <laughs> so, but once this is all taken off, unfortunately I'm not, I don't have time to to commit to singing. You know, they, the they're, the, they're the Italian restaurants where the servers will sing. Uh -huh. Have you thought about incorporating that? You've got the gelato, uh -huh. which is an Absolutely. Italian thing. You maybe just, your wife could come well, and work. Maybe so. We, maybe could, so. we could have a thing could, going, couldn't she, we? You might actually convince her to do that. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> she, she might she might be might be game for that. So you've, you've come a long way in six, seven, eight years. Uh-huh even international. Right. You've got the new shop in Shelbyville mm -hmm. opening up. Do you do you see more stores in the next oh, three gosh. to five years? I would love to. Yeah. You know. Um, uh, we've always got in the back of our mind each time we visit a small town um, in Kentucky, well is this a town that where spots would fit in, you know? And we just kinda keep our eyes open and 
also keep our hearts open to any opportunity that maybe comes along. You know, just like the place in Shelbyville. I've wanted to be a little closer to Louisville for quite some time since we started this. We do a lot of events in Louisville, you know, so our trucks are, yeah. are known in the Louisville area. And um, once this space became available, well, a lot of things are starting to happen in Shelbyville. Absolutely. You know, the tourism is really on the upswing. They are on top of it. Yeah, and so I've been kind of keeping my eye on what's going on in Shelbyville. And then when this, um, this great spot opened up, I thought maybe this is it, you know, and we were fortunate enough to be able to make the deal on the spot in the location where I wanted to be. And even though it's in the middle of a pandemic, we we made the determination that it was it was the right time to do it. Are you seeing a, more traffic now? I mean, obviously things were kind of shut down for a while. Yeah. Right? But people we, are coming back. Yeah, our store stayed open the whole time, mm -hmm. um, but even more than the the pandemic the COVID uh issue it was cold right so uh, our sales are always down when it's cold sure. now it's it's warm so this is my time of year and so virus or not my sales are going to go up this time of year right uh, you have to make hay while the sun shines absolutely and so summer is is our time so to do you're, that. You're not praying for a heat wave? Or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love summer. <laughs> I imagine so. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear about the new location in Shelbyville. We're, we're sorry to see you go from downtown Lexington, but we know we can find you. Yeah, every over, weekend. Yeah. yeah. There. So, so you're yeah. going to be around. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, you know, we've not yet fully seen the shuffling out of, from, from, coronavirus shut down mm -hmm. uh, you know there's a lot of there's news all, seemingly every day of of places that are are relocating are having to close locations mm -hmm. um, and we don't know what it's going to look like but it seems like spots headed in a good direction yeah well let's hope so yeah yeah absolutely well thanks for having me out i appreciate the opportunity to visit i hadn't been in the shop before oh so. well i'm so glad you yeah, did and i love yeah. for sales so if I can get an excuse to come over here, I'm, I'm not hard to convince. Well, I'm so glad you came. And it's great to see you yeah, catch up. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Well, we'll, we'll talk again sometime before long, and maybe I can get up to Shelbyville and see uh, how things are up there. Well, I'll save you a seat. Uh, please do. You can find links to the different spots, social media accounts, and show notes. Please hit the subscribe button to the Eat Kentucky podcast to be notified of future episodes. And please leave a five-star rating. It really helps others find the podcast. Also, please tell a friend who might enjoy the podcast. You can follow my other explorations of Kentucky food on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I would love for you to visit the new Eat Kentucky Patreon at patreon.com eatkentucky, where you can support the podcast and receive bonuses and previews. The Eat Kentucky theme is by Art Mize. If you have any questions or comments, you can email me at eatkentucky at gmail.com. If you're looking to buy or sell a home in the Lexington area, I'm a realtor with Keller Williams Bluegrass Realty. I would love to talk to you. Until next time, this is Alan Cornett.